Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swole Podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I am Dan. And I'm not Caleb. Yeah, sure, we'll go with it. What? No, I, it's, it's fine. You wonder why it, I fucking get nervous podcasting around you. No, it's fine. You're going for my gimmick. It's fine. You can steal my gimmick. I'm trying to have a clever, clever, and I'm not who I say I am. It's fine. You can do whatever you want. Right. I didn't say that I was Caleb. I said I was not Caleb. Right. You I said see. I'm not who I say I am. Whatever. You're uh, stupid. I'm Ashley. Hi. Yes. Uh, so Caleb is dead. Uh, Slash I ki- dying. I killed him with with illness. Uh, he is throwing up. He hasn't had a chance to really watch our main review topic, or I'm assuming the dick pic of spinning out. So I'm just going to assume that he is... Uh, dead forever and we'll never have him back so next week on the show uh, my full time co-host will be his box turtle I thought it was going to be Anyang oh Anyang works too she's so quiet she's so quiet it's going to be a solo show (laughs) you know everyone's favorite Bubby how are you I'm fine Bubby of the Rabbit Ears TV podcast making its triumphant return as of like right now well we recorded yesterday so yeah this is our second podcast in two days but the RSS feed is up and that's the big point Correct. And I finally got on you to fix all of the issues. That what do you mean got on me? Oh, it, we're it, not getting into it. It just doesn't even matter. No, no, no. It's fine. I told you put up three things and you ignored me because you hate me. It's fine. It's fine. You you don't have to you don't have to listen to me. I only gave you explicit instructions on how to do something. You only mansplained it to me for six minutes so long that I stopped recording the video because it was so much fucking needless information, and that's why I didn't do everything you said to do. Mansplaining is not a real thing. Uh, let's move on. It's not a real thing. Let's move on. It's not a real let's thing. Let's move on. It's not a real thing. Let's 1917 is a real good movie. Let's I move on. need you to understand that. 1917, real good. Knives Out, pretty good. Pretty great. 1917, amazing movie. Everyone needs to go watch it, including uh, the person I'm staring at right now. We have time next weekend. Because our our house is continually being worked on by our landlord. Without us asking it to be. Yes. Anyways. We have, we have a new privacy wall with a door. We have a... Uh, he, he's working on our oven hood, or our kitchen hood, so there's that. Still no dishwasher, uh, washer, like... Anything in that, like that. No sink in that area. That's really all I want is a sink in that area and not have to do dishes in the bathroom. <laughs> You've gone on a long tangent. I have. This is this is uh, a bitching about our apartment show. What are you drinking, Bubby? That's not the segment. Oh, uh, we're that's epic film, guys. We we don't we don't associate with those people. They have a loy sauce and a hobo. What's your swell? There we go. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Alright, I'm drinking a Matilda 
Pale Ale from the Goose Island Beer Company. I received this from our landlord. Uh, it is a giant, like, champagne bottle. It looks like of, a wine bottle. Yeah, like a 750 milliliter. Uh, I don't think it says on here how, what the uh, volume is. So, yeah, we'll just go with a 750 milliliter. Uh, it's a pale ale. It's fine. Yeah, uh, it's 26 IBUs. So there's the there it is. It's a pale ale with seven percent alcohol by vo- alcohol by volume. 26 IBUs. Thanks What's untapped. IBU mean? Uh, International Bitterness Unit. Gross. Wait, or is that what's on? What's the scale? One to a hundred? Maybe I don't know. What do you th- you think? I actually like care. Come on, get out of here. Bubby, what do you? What's your swill? Water, because oh. I drank yesterday while recording my podcast and had to take what, like a two and a half hour nap. I woke up and it was like pitch black outside. You had, you had a makers with water, and uh, you complained the day before about how it made your tummy feel. Yeah, and then you drank more of it, and we're like, well, because I I need mental lubrication for hosting a podcast. You'll you'll get over it. You'll eventually get back into the swing of things. You'll be yes. fine. I don't know why you get nervous podcasting with me. I Other just than the fact do. that I always judge you. I mean, you're the only person that yells at me as much as you do. I yell at you. Let's be I just clear. take it literally not at all seriously because I know you don't mean it. I yell at you about everything. Yes. It's not even just about podcasts. No, it's everything. It's, it's everything. So I'm, my nerves are shot. Maybe it might, maybe the makers didn't work well on my stomach because I've developed an ulcer. You've developed an ulcer after two weeks of living with me. Bad news, Bubby. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with that, why don't we hop into some news? Yes. Oh, shit. It's mail time. You didn't hop. Yeah, and I never hop. I don't actually like. I just uh, imagine you hopping into like a pile of newspapers outside before they get recycled on Monday morning. Stop ordering your pa- uh, a paper paper. Just get an electronic newspaper. Save no, the environment. My dad, my dad likes to read the paper. Yeah, my dad does too. Except for when they don't deliver the paper for like five weeks in a row. He never, he didn't get the Sunday paper, and that's the only paper he ever gets. Yeesh. So, and he was paying for it. And he was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I don't like this. Obvi. Shout out to Linda. <clears throat> Shout out to Linda. All right, uh, first story. Uh, I'm basically gonna go in order of things that Ashley can comment on. Uh, from things she can comment on most to things she will comment on least, which is financials. Oh, I'll be asleep. All right, so first off, uh, Mindhunter Season 3 is on a definite hold, and the crew and cast have been released from their contracts. Uh, there hasn't been an official cancellation yet, but really what it is is David Fincher is still working on his uh, other project with Netflix called Mank, I think, and it's about the the screenwriter for Citizen Kane and how Citizen Kane came into being that said uh everyone's freaking out online because netflix canceled mindhunter i'm not freaking out but this is now the second time we've exchanged this information in two days so it's true (laughs) i thought i was delivering information to dan about netflix shows and that was stupid of me that's the thing is like whenever people are like hey i found this information on the internet and i was just like (laughs) i've seen it it's about netflix i I seen seen it it. i seen it uh, what what is your opinion on this? We- eh, I don't care. Like the show's fine, but it's not one that I like look forward to. Like if it's on and I've got nothing else to do, I'll turn it on. So like, I don't care if it comes back or not. I am very much the same way. It's a good show. Uh, we already waited two years for season two in the first place. So yeah, 
I mean, this is the thing. When you're Netflix and you give creators as much time as they want to do whatever they want, they're going to take as much time as they want doing whatever they want. So, yeah. and everyone complaining, being like, I've, I've actually seen people online being like, force Venture to work on Mindhunter. And I'm just like, no, because then Netflix loses what makes them special in the first place. And it's that they give creators as much time as they want to do whatever they want. If they don't have that, what's the point of Netflix even existing, really? They're just another studio. No, the only issue that they ran into is losing viewership or people who give a fuck about it, i.e. the OA. That was a lot of letters. (laughs) I.e. the OA. It's it's ETC. Um, no, it, it's, it's more Fincher. Like, I, like, I, I think, uh, what Ozark's coming back after two years. I don't the care OA about came Ozark after... either. Really? Yeah. Did we watch the first season together? Have no, we... I don't think you've watched. Have you watched any of it? I watched the first season. I watched the first season before you and I started dating. Mm. That's how long it came out. And I never actually finished it. It was one of like many things that I used to tell you all the different shows on Netflix that I started and never finished. That was on my list of never finished ones. Hmm. Then I eventually went back and finished it and I was nonplussed and then season two came out and it was super slow moving and I really didn't care about it either. It picked up, but like it's just, eh, it's whatever. Ger- Gerald on life support right now. Gerald, you'll get over it. Not everybody has to agree with you. You understand that. All right, next up, You has been renewed for season three by Netflix. I give zero fucks about this show. Okay. I feel like it, like, I watched season one. You haven't watched any of it, right? I haven't watched any of it. I got the vibe that they were, like, making it seem like it was sexy. This guy was stalking her and that we were supposed to be kind of, like, titillated by it at first. And that I found bothersome. And then it just got weirder from there. So originally, this was, I believe, either Hallmark or a Lifetime, Lifetime. show. Uh, and then Netflix, Lifetime was like, ah, oh, this isn't doing well on our network. Netflix, you can just have it. Like, they basically just sold it to Netflix. And Netflix was just like, okay. And then they got 40 million views in its yeah. first four months. And Netflix was like, gee, thanks, Lifetime. <laughs> it just didn't have the right platform. So the only thing that I like about you is that somebody has done what they did to Chris Evans and they added hoop earrings and fucking acrylic nails to the character of Joe, so he just looks like super sassy. Have you seen that of Chris Evans? No. Oh my god! Well, no, I do not want to see this. Right. You're now. going to. You're going to see it. No, we have a. We have. You can keep has going. A, someone has a bedtime. You can keep going. Uh, Ryan L. Terry really likes you. He just did a you t- season two review. I'll actually just include that in the show notes. You're welcome, Ryan. Shout you out. I like I like giving people props for things that we don't cover. Because, like, that's something we don't cover. But why, though? Why is that a thing? <laughs> it just is. There's so many of them. I, okay, okay. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Get it, get that out of my face. No. It's Chris Evans with oh. acrylic nails and hoop earrings. No, I'm not looking. There's we're moving, more, too. We're, we're moving I got to pull up the Joe we one. We are moving on. Keep going. We're moving on. Uh, ben and Jerry's is f- has made... A Netflix and chill ice cream flavor, Bubby. Oh, what's in it? Uh, let me check the article, but I believe it's like peanut butter and like pre- pretzel, right? I mean, that sounds like it would give you dry mouth or cotton mouth if you're already so inclined to have dehydration in your mouth like I am sometimes when I watch Netflix. What's in it? Oh, is that a friend's couch on there? Why is this? Why does it look like friends? It's, it's not. 
but it does look like it. Caleb literally picked the worst fucking link for this shit. Good job, Caleb. It's peanut butter ice cream with sweet and salty pretzel swirls and fudge brownie. Sounds decadent. I would, yeah, I mean it does, but I would totally crush that. Uh, the flavor is Netflix and chilled. I assume it's in your favorite grocer right now. So there's a PSA for all of you. All right, and now is the time where Bubby is silent because she doesn't know anything about any of this stuff. Perfect. I'm looking at Pin Badgley with fake nails. I hate you. Uh, so Netflix will open a headquarters in France and increase their investment in French-led productions. Uh, basically, it's exactly what the story says. Uh, I remember maybe 18 to months to two years ago, there was a law passed in the EU because apparently the EU has some kind of power uh, that in order for Amazon and Netflix to be a thing in those countries, that they have to... Um, like 30 to 33% of their library has to be EU related, like from the productions from the EU. So uh, that's the thing with Brexit. That, that's like an unintentional consequence of Brexit is that Netflix would like lose everything from the UK that would be considered EU because Brexit. Uh, so opening up a, a headquarters in France and, and uh, investing more in French content will allow them to hit that rule. I don't know like what deadline they, they have to reach in order for this to happen, but it's a thing. I can't believe it's a thing because I can't believe the EU has that sort of power, but okay. Uh, next up, tax laws are bad and Netflix is feeling the heat for it this time because Netflix, uh, quote unquote, funneled uh, four, $430 million from uh, their Netflix UK into like Netflix Denmark balance sheets uh it's legal that's the first thing everyone needs to understand here is tax laws have made it such that putting pushing profits into failing business units as a way of masking how much you're how much you actually like have like gained profits over the year exists it's a real thing that happens in the u.s like amazon does it microsoft does it apple does it like all the big companies do this this is why they have zero tax liability at the end of the year so if you're complaining about like netflix and all these companies doing it you have to complain about the tax laws that allow them to do it legally as opposed to the actual entity taking advantage of the system it's what everyone does it's not a good thing but everyone does it so why like it's all about the game and how you play it. Uh, thank you, Triple H, for that. <laughs> yes, I brought wrestling into this. You're welcome, Alex Mattis. What? Nothing. You're so cute. I'm letting you. I'm letting You're you. You're so cute. I'm letting you do your thing. Do your thing. Uh, and actually, this final thing you might you might uh, you might remark and be like, "Holy shit!" You want to guess how much Netflix is spending in content this year? Spending on content. <sighs> what? Make a guess. Take a guess. Five hundred million. Is that no, low? That's way low. They haven't like. I think their initial investment in content was maybe five hundred million. Jesus, uh, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, you, you got your you got your pants on. Yeah, I'll be. All right. Uh, seventeen billion dollars. Where is this money coming from? Netflix. So let me let me read what I wrote in the show notes. Netflix will spend eighteen bill or seventeen billion dollars on content on this uh, this year. 
quote, how can they afford that, question mark, asks everyone that continually doesn't read the financial statements and understands that they have a monthly revenue of $1.5 billion. Yeah, but that's gross. That's not net. Right. I'm aware of that. Are you aware that the spending on content would come from that? Yeah, but that's, what is that? You said that's... $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion, What's that a year? Times 10. It's 15 billion. And then that's 18. So they're spending all their money on content. They can't pay anybody that works for them. I would assume that's part of the content. They're still in debt. Let's (sighs) let's be clear here. They're still in debt. It's not a, it's not a question. And I just know that in my personal finances, it doesn't work to live paycheck to paycheck. So maybe a multi-billion dollar company should ought not do that. Yeah, but let me explain. Like, Apple did it, Amazon did it, Microsoft did it, and guess what? All those companies are profitable. Oh, wait, now. doesn't Netflix not have to pay taxes? Like, yeah, Amazon? And, then, and, then, and then they shift money around to not pay taxes. Like, come on. I have to pay. I make $2.13 an hour. I got to pay fucking taxes. I'm not. But I'm supposed to. It's bullshit. Anyways, I don't want to talk about how unfair it is that the rich stay richer and the poor get smooshed down. Tax laws are bad. Fix Tax- them. Yes. So, like, I don't know. Uh, This is in line with the fact that Netflix has, like, compared to Disney, Warner Brothers, uh, NBC, like, they're all spending anywhere from, like, one to two billion on original content this year on streaming services alone. Streaming services alone. Mind Mm -hmm. you, they still have, like, their own television program, like, channels to, to cover. So, like, they're getting that content kind of on there as a bonus, plus, like, whatever... Like, whatever is on their TV, so they get, like, ad revenue as, like, a supplement to that. Netflix having to spend $17 billion is, like, nothing compared to, like, what Disney will spend in total this year on content. At all. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Plus, Disney has, like, a, a massive back catalog. Netflix has to try to keep up with that, so they keep shoving out garbage. I've all, I mean, like, look, I don't, I don't think $17 billion is the right idea. I think that if you cut it in half, no one would know the difference. Nope. Like you'd actually like let people be able to watch more things, as opposed to feeling like they're drowning in your content. There's just a lot of crap on there that I'll never watch, and I can't imagine most people do. That is correct. Most people are not psychopaths, but some people are. Some people are. Bubby, it's time to get in some trailers in downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. <laughs> Our first trailer is for the limited docu-series Night on Earth. This this stars animals. And nature. And nature. Bubby. Nature. Goulet. We watched the trailer in 4K. What did you think? I think you can show me any nature or animal docu-series in 4K and I'll watch it. I don't care if I've already seen it six times. I love that shit anyway, so. But it looked beautiful. So that tells me we're going to get another, like, it's going to be in 4K, like, available in 4K as well, like, on, on Netflix. And, uh, fortunately, we have a 4K television. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're high class now. But, uh, yeah, we have a 4K TV, so we'll be able to, like, watch that kind of stuff in 4K. Uh, I don't really watch nature documentaries. I don't watch documentaries in general. I I'm, love nature docs. I'm already depressed by real life, so I don't need, like, more documentaries which are depressing to ruin my life even harder. 
Well, I'm not going to travel like that in my life, probably not to be able to experience all that. So like 4K on my couch, my PJs with some fucking Netflix and chill ice cream. I'm in. All right. Our next trailer is for Sergio. It's a movie starring, I want to say, uh, whoever plays Pablo Escobar in Narcos and Ana de Armas. And it's about a, a diplomat who does things. I am not interested in this movie. I'm, I'm not interested. Like, it looks like generic biopic that uh, is supposed to be, like, about a por- an important person that, like, I don't care. Like, it, it could be good. It is, it's not my type of movie. Yeah. Like. At all. I like biopics. Uh, I, I feel like Netflix is just nailing these diplomats that just do things and then. He or, is in Narcos, Mexico. Good job. Not, and yeah, he's in Narcos. You're correct. Is that Pablo Escobar? It is Pablo Narcos? Escobar. Holy shit! I've I've seen like an entire episode of Narcos. I've and seen I none that. of that, so you definitely had me there. Good job. That was him. I'm so good at this. Um, I don't know. I don't care. I'm it, not going to watch it. It could potentially be good. It comes out in April, so that's weird that we're getting a trailer already. If you're into biopics about depressing events that happen to real life people, check it out. That's true. Uh, speaking of depression, <laughs> uh, it's BoJack Horseman season six part two trailer. It's happening. The final six episodes are here. Ish. They'll be here next week. The thirty first. The thirty first. Today's the nineteenth. So a week and a half ish. Yes. Um. I didn't really. I, I watched the trailer. I probably. I really didn't want to. I haven't watched like the last like three BoJack trailers because it's like that show just impresses me no matter what. So like I just implicitly buy in. Like, oh, new trailers. That means new episodes are coming out. All right. I mean, the trailer for me, it didn't indicate what kind of tone was going to be set for the last six episodes, which I appreciated. Like we get the vibe that it's going to be depressing and bad and shit's going to fall apart because it typically does with Bojack. And he even alluded to like, you know, I thought I've hit rock bottom before, but then you just find out there's another like level below rock bottom. So it's possible that he's going to have some shit happen. He needs to face comeuppance for he's got he's gonna have happened. to for what happened in Florida or whatever with the fucking deer family. Arizona. Arizona, wherever. That was some fucked up shit. So yeah. Especially since it's coming to light. Yeah. It's gonna it's so. gonna it's gonna happen. Hashtag me too. Hashtag me too. Uh we'll get into some hashtag me too shit uh much later in the episode when we talk about Geary slash Haji and then spinning out because both of those tackled Elements of hashtag me too. Hashtag yikes. Uh, but yes, like I said, Bojack has my implicit trust. Uh, until this show is bad, I will not believe it will ever be bad. And it has never been bad. No. So there you go. At the, at the wor- at, at its worst, it has been simply good. And that was season one. Because it had to, it had to establish a lot, and then it just built on, on it. So. Yeah, but Neil McBeal, the Navy SEAL, will always fucking have my heart. All right, our next trailer is for the Harlan Coben series. Uh, I'm assuming limited series based off his best-selling novel, uh, The Stranger. Oh, yeah, it was this one. This looked intriguing-ish. It depends on how many episodes and how long the episodes are. Uh, he did Safe a couple years ago yeah. with uh, Michael C. Hall doing a British accent. Yeah, I didn't pay attention that much to that that season, I, that series. I like that show. You did, but I was it didn't suck me in right away, so I think I was doing crafts instead. 
I, I just mean like I like it. I think it's simply good. So this has my interest. Whether it will have my attention is yet yet to be seen. We'll see. It's Harlan Coben. I will at least give him a shot. We'll check out the first episode or two. Also, this trailer was in 4K, and it was uh, not worth it in 4K, honestly. No, no. It wasn't uh, Night on Earth or, like, Blue Planet or any of that kind of shit. Oh, like, God, I love that shit so much. All right, and our final trailer is Lost Girls. This stars Amy Ryan, who is? Holly Fleiss. Isn't that her name? Sure. Oh, wrong. that's why I thought her name was Heidi, because Heidi Fleiss. Uh, this is about uh, a woman uh, whose daughter, who is a prostitute or a stripper, goes missing. Maybe. And the police don't seem to be trying because it's a prostitute slash stripper that goes uh, missing. Uh, and then we discover that there's many moms who, like, her, their daughters have gone missing who are also of a similar profession. And the cops don't seem to care because they're, I guess. They're ladies of the night. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're considered subhuman. Uh, I think it's a general interesting premise. Uh, it gives off a very Mystic River vibe at one point in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, where, like, a bunch of bodies are dug up and Amy Ryan's like, it's my daughter over there. And I'm just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I don't think I care about this one. I'd have to hear from people that it's good before I'd check it out. I'm not motivated on my own to invest that kind of emotional commitment into Holly Fleiss. Is that her name? Now I have to look it up. I don't believe it's... Now I think I'm just fucked up on Heidi Fleiss, which actually is relevant to the content of that trailer, by the way. Holly Flax. That's what it is. Holly Flax. And that'll move us over to Quick Hits. <laughs> oh, you didn't watch anything this week, so this is all on me. No, yeah. It's like This is one of those rare weeks where I... Be- like. I got home late three nights in a row. Like, I did payroll late Tuesday. Uh, what? Wednesday, you had to get your tires changed. Wire, tire, to get my tires changed on Wednesday. I had to get my wires changed on Wednesday. <laughs> on Tuesday. That's that's what I was trying to say. Uh, what the... F- I don't even remember the fuck. Thursday, nothing. Friday, we got kicked out. You had to go to movies. Oh, yeah. Friday, Thursday, you came home Yeah, Friday, time. we got kicked out because they were doing work in our apartment. So, I went to the movies and saw 1917. For the first time. For the first time. Uh, we got kicked out of our apartment again today, which uh, I went to see 1917 and Knives Out for a second time. Each. Each. Uh, so my basically, go watch Knives Out in 1917. That's my thing. Unless you're in Kayla's market, in which case I'm probably sure like Knives Out has gotten b- bumped for like fucking cats. <sighs> so uh, this is on you, Bubby. What did you watch this week while I was gone? Uh, well, obviously, I watched Bravo at Infinitum, but I won't spore you people with that. I did watch... Some, what? I watch a lot of Infinitum. Bravo. Infinitum? Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? At uh, Infinitum. Oh. Well, I've been doing that wrong for 36 years. Don't worry. It's just like me saying Death Nail last week and not really realizing it was Death Nail. Okay. So I watched most of one episode of Cheer because all of the people in my Bravo community have been watching it and talking about it, including Chrissy Teigen. So I tried to watch one episode with Bubby and he changed the channel or changed the thingy within like the first five minutes. And then I finished, almost finished watching the first episode. But I used to be a cheerleader, so I find some of that a little more interesting and relatable. And I'll probably watch more of it. I want to point out, the other reason I changed it 
was because I had to start watching Geary slash Haji, which was an assigned topic for the week that I assigned to myself. I think I started watching it on Thursday, and we didn't start watching Geary Haji until yesterday. Mm. You put on something else. Oh, you forgot a line from Taken. Oh, that's so, what it was. So I was like, well, this bitch got to watch Taken because she forgot a line from Taken. I remembered it before you put the DVD in the fucking Xbox. Like, does it didn't matter. It was any excuse to fuck. Well, then I passed out on you, so I you fell asleep. I fell asleep when he was like, rescued the chick from the fucking... I guess the the prostitute brothel whorehouse. Oh, he's getting ready to go in and get the Albanians where he like found his way in and he was finding the guy that said good luck. And then I woke up and he was rescuing his daughter. He'd already gotten her off the boat and everything. Like it was over. He was returning her to fucking Jean Grey. Yeah. So that's what we did this week. Yeah. Uh, I you know, she forgot one central line from the, 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 the important monologue of Taken, so it was an excuse to watch a 90-minute movie. That's really what it came down to. So that's why I didn't finish watching the first episode of Sheer. Because Dan is a psycho. That is correct. So, uh, with that, Bubby. We're going to hop. We're going to hop into a quick break. Pew, pew, for a pew. podcast promo. Uh, probably yours, because I assume you'll be up at some point. Yeah. This week, so this week Friday. Uh, check the show notes uh, for her RSS feed, which, um, as of now, it's just an RSS feed. Uh, later, it could be updated to actually being submitted through to Apple Podcasts. Like it's, I've submitted it; it just has to be reviewed right now. So we're unknown on the status because it is the weekend, and and it's a three day weekend. Oh shit! It is. Yeah, it is. I don't get off tomorrow. That sucks. No, you don't. I'm off on Tuesday though. You can watch all of Cheer, though. I have to go get my name changed at the DMV and then at the bank and then do annoying grown-up stuff. I told myself I'd do. I would go to the dentist. Ugh. So when we come back from our break of probably her promo, uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, well, she's going to talk about the first three episodes of Geary slash Haji, and then I'm going to talk about the rest of them. Yes. <laughs> clips made you wish for the good old days of tv i've got great news rabbit ears tv podcast is back each episode we look back on a beloved series ranging from the good old days of television to more modern classics with the help of a super fan guest host we will review discuss and reminisce about some of the most culturally impactful shows ever to air on tv you can follow the show on twitter at rabbit ears tv pod Join the Couch Potato group on Facebook and check out our episode archives at netflixinswill.com slash rabbit ears. Look for new episodes the third Friday of each month. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming already in progress. We hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you, it makes me want to fart. <laughs> it's I hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. Welcome back, everybody. Bubby, it is time to talk about our main review topic for the week, Geary slash Haji, a.k.a. Duty ver- slash Shame? Yeah. Not Duty Dutrum, but uh, Duty. <laughs> As I over-enunciate my T's in order to pronounce them correctly. My God. Um, so I 
we started watching the show yesterday after I'd already drank my two and a half maker, so I fell asleep we- through like a quarter of the first episode. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what happened there. And then we watched two episodes. Mm-hmm. I think I stayed mostly conscious for them, and they felt a little long. Yeah, I think I was awake for the last, for the second and the third episode, and then I went to bed and you stayed up. So. I'm intrigued and I would like to go back and finish watching the show, especially because I'm curious to hear what you say happens later. I'll let you set up the premise. So we will talk. So we will do a very non-spoiler discussion, a.k.a. the first three episodes. First three episodes. If you don't if you if you're out after that, uh, those first three episodes, fine. Uh, But uh, if you want to keep watching, avoid the spoiler discussion. The discussion will be just me recounting events to Ashley, basically. And me reacting. Yes. Uh, so, uh, the general premise is that a Japanese, a Tokyo detective by the name of Kenzo Mori must track down his uh, thought deceased brother in London uh, after he has killed a Yakuza boss's nephew. That's it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, and how that affects his family. Uh, knowing that his brother is still alive and that he is just off in this distant city, uh, seemingly not wanting to return. Involved in CD undergoings. Yes. Um, so what did you think of the characters? Were, were there any characters you were particularly drawn to? Any you were just like, I these liked people Rodney. Suck? Rodney's very charismatic. I mean, that's the way that, that character is made. And he just kind of like, I... Like, kind of felt a lot of empathy towards him, and I really enjoyed his persona on screen. A lot of the characters are very one-dimensional, including Rodney, actually. And I, I find them very hard to relate to and give much of a fuck about. Uh, that, okay, so that's From fair. the first three episodes. Uh, I think Yuto, who is the brother of Kenzo, who is off in Japan and is a Yakuza hitman, basically. Uh, he's actually the most layered character of the show. And I know that sounds strange, but uh, the fir- a first episode reveal is that uh, the thing, the event that sent Yuto down this path to being a member of the Yakuza is that uh, he thought he killed this man in a sports book. And it turns out that his brother actually killed the man in the sports book, uh, which uh, leads to this series of events like that basically like there's a bunch of backstory. The fourth episode is a backstory episode okay, where it explains... Uh, his life as a Yakuza, and then why he went on the run. And then uh, it explains Kelly McDonald's character and, like, what happened with her and her boyfriend. Now, we originally thought that uh, her ex-boyfriend beat her. Uh, and this isn't much of a spoiler, but uh, it turns out that he was cheating on her and uh, also, ha- like, planted false evidence at the scene of a crime. And she reported that, and that's what got him in prison. So that's why he... So he wasn't being violent against her. No. It was that he she he saw her planting, or she saw him planting evidence, and that's why the cops really hate her, is because he, he's another cop, like, he's trying to get convictions. So, like, he still did a shitty thing, but it's not like he abused her or anything. Like, he cheated on her. That's the vibe. Like, he's basically, now that he's out of jail, he's kind of terrorizing her and, like, breaking shit around her house and kind of, like, generally being a creep yes and so the violent ways in which he's kind of lashing out at her made us think that he was abusive towards her 
And I'll get into that a bit later. Okay. So, like, as to what all happens. But uh, I think it is important to know that he is not a woman beater. Which, like, based off those first three episodes, yes, you're just like, I don't like this police, like, I don't like this police department at all supporting this guy. That, yeah. If that's what happened. It's happens. totally fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, along those same, same lines, Kenzo's teenage daughter, Taki, is expelled from her school because a guy followed her into the women's restroom and tried to feel her up. And so she stabbed him with like nail, nail scissors, nail scissors, and then she gets expelled from her school because she's defending herself. And I, I felt like like we were both like kind of appalled by that. Well, even her dad was like, he was like, is, "Am I supposed to just get raped?" He goes, "No, most girls slap the guy across the face when that's happening to them." Like, what the fuck is this parent conversation? I've seen, I've watched anime, and I've seen that exact thing happen, and it's played for comedy. It's not played like seriously. So like. And, and like that happens all the time. Like sexual assault happens all the time in anime. We were talking. Caleb and I talk about um, Seven Deadly Sins, which is a Netflix anime, which is distributed here in, in on Netflix. Uh, and the main character Meliodas is a massive pervert who just sexually assaults this princess every single episode, and it's almost impossible to get through that show because of just like his completely inappropriate behavior. So like it's it's normalized there. That's fucked up. Because like what he does is seen as comedic and not horrifying. And so she gets expelled. I'm sure nothing happens to him, right? We we don't get a follow up. I'm sure nothing happens to him. That guy. He's the victim in this case. He had nail. He had one nail scissors in his fucking thigh. That's about it. Dude deserved to get like put in jail. Yeah. Fortunately, we don't see that. We just hear it secondhand, but I, I, I'm i willing to believe her in this case because, like, uh, there's, like, why else would you stab a guy in the leg with, with nail scissors? I don't know. But, like, I think it's a poor message to be sending. Uh, I, and I'm not blaming this show. I think there's a big cultural divide between America, like, the West, and then Japan. So the, the premise in which they send Kenzo over to London is through a officer exchange program and he gets uh, exchanged with a guy named Roy who seems to be just like this loser cop that nobody really likes in, in his department. Roy is just kind of like comedy there. Like, like, Oh look, he's a big dumb idiot. And he's like, Oh, Hey Roy. And it's like, Roy's like what? Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much. So like Roy is Roy's whatever. But, uh, so we, he meets, uh, Sarah McDonald's, Sarah McDonald's, Kelly McDonald's, Sarah, <sighs> This is what happens when you combine things. But uh, she's teaching, like, basically, like, criminology, like, That's what it looks crime, like, yeah. scene, crime scene reporting. And she's just like, this is a basic class. Like, you're an experienced investigator. What are you doing here? So, like, there's a bit of red, red flags raised there. Uh, and then there's, uh, I, I don't remember his name, but you said he was the villain in the first season of Peaky Blinders. Yeah. He's- he was um, Billy Kimber on Peaky Blinders, and he was... Horace something on Ripper Street. They used a lot of the same actors on both those shows, and they're both highly recommended by me for the first three seasons. But he's basically like a weeb. Uh, I, I would just say a weeb. Like, he's interested in Japanese culture. and uh, Yeah, he's, he's super fucking... Uh, that whole fucking Tai Chi thing was painful to that watch. That was an interesting thing. That was an interesting thing. Uh, there's something else I'll talk about later that's okay. also interesting. Um, 
he he basically has partnered with Yuto in order to take over uh, London in a yakuza style gang. Uh, also, eh, I'll talk about it later his involvement and like what what his role is entirely in the series. But he's just kind of there, like he's just kind of like an obstacle in London as opposed to like this all out yakuza war that's broken out in fucking Tokyo that like the cops have to try and manage. Well, yeah, so. Abbott is his name, I think. Yep. He was working with Justin Long's character, who Justin Long and did this and what the fuck. Ooh. Who he was basically he got an inheritance or like an investment from his father of eight million and was doing like safe criminal activity where like you were promised like certain returns and Abbott was working with him as his criminal like buddy, but he was missing like the gangster part of being like a criminal. And so he basically stole all of Justin Long's money and then invested it with Yakuza stuff and left him out in the lurch. So he's then hired the Albanians as his muscle to ba- try to get his money back. And that's a lot of like the initial conflict set up in London as well. And also Vickers is from Pittsburgh. Uh, he talks about the Pittsburgh mafia uh, being from Pittsburgh. I didn't know there was a Pittsburgh mafia. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, I just imagine it's just a bunch of like big burly dudes carrying around steel beams. Cause like that's what my city is known for. Yeah. When he said Pittsburgh Mafia, I'm like, all right, so it's a bunch of Polish looking dudes <laughs> who carry around metal and eat cabbage. Like I am Polish and I do not like cabbage. It's just like we like our city is famous for like Holishki and like fries on our salads and sandwiches. So it's just dudes like carrying around fucking from Manny Brothers and fucking walking around with fucking steel beams on their shoulders. Like that's exactly what the mafia would look like. Yes. Just, just idiots. That's really what they would look like is idiots. Um. So, like, yeah, he exists. There's this character, Donna, who, like, she isn't explored too much. Like, she's just kind of, like, a very surface level, like, oh, it seems like she's a reluctant hit woman for Abbott. And, like, okay. Like, she... They didn't really, like, develop her in any way. Like, Sarah's the main... Like, they could only pick, like, four female characters to, to develop in this show, and, like... Donna wasn't one of them. No. Like so it, it's basically like Taki, Sarah, Ray, and then uh uh Kenzo and Yuto's mother. And those are the four characters that get any sort of like character development in the show. Uh, in terms of women. So like that's fine. But like Donna gets like sh- like sidelined basically. Uh, and and I'll explain what happens to her character Go ahead later. And skip four, because that's like the initial premise. That's where I got in three episodes. Like, then what happens? So I want. I just want to like talk about like general things with like Kenzo. Like Kenzo is actually a complicated character, in that like he's a cop, but he has done some extraordinarily shady shit. Like he helped. Like he killed that guy for his brother. Obviously, like he's willing to just like straight up murk dudes, despite the fact that he's a cop. So like it's it feels like the way like he and Yuto's lives have gone have were like switched at some point. No, nothing in the end, but just like switched. Like, Yuto feels like a more honorable man, despite the fact that he's a Yakuza. And Kenzo is, like, the more deceitful. Like, he should be the Yakuza, not the the police. And, and well, I mean, the episode that I left off on, he decided for some reason to go with the fucking Albanians to go on a hit. Like, what the fuck is this cop doing going on a fucking hit like game ex- war uh, he explains it in the next episode that basically he was trying to protect his brother that's and we see that when he shoots that guy in the face that albanian in the face who was i didn't to kill see that brother. part 
there's a one shot sequence in that. It's not that impressive, honestly. Like, it's weird to say about one shot sequences when they're not impressive. Like, this was just like a very whatever one shot. Like, it was like two minutes and like it's just. It looks flat. Like, it's, it's like nothing interesting happens. Like, it's not like a Daredevil one shot where it's like him rolling throughout a fucking prison. This isn't like anything you'd see in 1917. Like, this is actually like that sequence was bad to watch after 1917. Because, like, 1917 is portrayed as like, uh, oh, uh, like just giant one shot. It's not. We are it's, not here to talk about 1917. Regardless. My goodness. But regardless, you were like, talking about Kinzo as a character. But like, so like, he's gray. Like he He's like this very shade of gray. And it's interesting to see him be a cop. I don't know if this show is particularly well acted. I think there's a lot of good ideas that are left on the page because I don't think these actors are good enough in what they're supposed to be doing in order to portray what's going on. I like the cinematography, except for that, except for that. Um, one shot that one shot I it was just very stale or not stale but like bland we'll say bland the cinematography is great there's this cool little like anime animation like interstitial they do that looks like like very like watercolory like we even watched a recap episode after we uh, took a nap after the first episode to recap on what happened the first episode it's this cool animation style Um, I think the editing is great in, in terms of like they do like picture-in-picture picture kind of sequences that look great. Like, you'll see two sides of the same conversation in the same frame, uh, when even though they're, like, worlds apart. I think there's a lot of good things with this show. I just think the acting is not one of them. That's fair. I think some of that might be lost in translation between Japanese culture and Western culture. I think, and the best actor is Yuto because he is the most diverse character. Like you were saying. He's also been living in London for a period, so he's more Westernized than Kenzo, who just came over. I don't know. There's not really much else unspoilery to talk about. Uh, Like, I, I, I think the show is good. If you can get past the acting, the acting is like the big problem with the show in my, like, I'm not sure the guy playing Kenzo is ready for a more Western style of show or movie or something like that. Kelly McDonald is like, I thought she was good in Hated in the Nation. Um, I don't see the range that she's going for in this show. Roger, like you said, very one note. Uh, Taki Rodney Rodney yeah. is like everybody's very flat. I have I even have Roger in my notes. It's Rodney. Let's change that. I feel like a yeah, because you're gonna look at these notes ever again. Um, like Rodney, like he has layers, but like he's he, always he, a smart ass. He's like sarcastic smart ass. ass. He's always sarcastic. He's always high. Yeah, like, and he gets like some like melancholy notes and like those are okay like he does okay in those like is as a second best actor in this it's it's him uh cuz he 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 gets the second most amount of stuff to do so i don't know uh i'm giving this a three and a half okay. overall well tell me already what the f happens after we've been talking about the first three episodes for 20 minutes we've been talking about the first Three episodes for the first twenty minutes because you're a bitch. Okay, what's what the fuck else happens? Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. 
Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, 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 like no, no, I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right, so um, generally, uh, we find out that uh, Yuto's has a, has a son with a Fukuhara, who is his crime boss's daughter. Right. So that's actually what causes him to go on the run in the first place, is that Fukuhara is like, my daughter's not fucking marrying a, a Yakuza. It's not happening, so I'm going to kill you. He escapes, and he fakes his death in order to just leave. So that's like that's his big thing, is like he was like su- successful enough as a Yakuza. And then like he fucks off because he's going to get killed. And really, that's, like, the big thing for, like, the middle episodes. Like, there's a couple other reveals. Like, uh, we get a what I found to be a very forced relationship between Kenzo and Sarah. Like, sexual relationship or just friendship? Sexual. Why? I don't know. I, I, I like... Really? Yeah. That's stupid. It, okay, it, it this very, is, I might not finish the show. It was... It, well... It gets like really jammed home in like the seventh, like late seventh, early eighth Is that a episode. Euphemism? Sort of. <laughs> uh, they actually do fuck, uh, but like, uh, it, it's it's ma- quote unquote made better by the fact that uh, his wife is basically like, "Don't come home." At one point, no, and it's basically like a, a, a hall pass for for fucking Kenzo, like. I, I at one point thought that she like his wife was gonna bite it, Ray was gonna bite it because like that would be easy for the show, and I appreciate them not taking that route that like she dies in order for him to just like fuck Kelly McDonald. Like I appreciate there was at least some complexity between the characters in terms of like she's just like, look, you're when you're home, you're not really home. Like I don't want you here if you're gonna be just a ghost. So like there's. Like I said, like there's good stuff on the page. It's just I don't know if it all it all translates. I don't think that it works for my viewing. Um, Yuto and Kenzo's father die. Uh, he Not had when can- I was watching, but yeah, he had cancer. I, they, they alluded to he yeah. was going downhill. He had cancer. He he just chain smoked cigarettes all the time. Uh, and there was a I don't know if you were there for this, but there was a a character like past moment with uh yuto and kenzo's children Mm -hmm. they run into this old man who's playing uh like not dominoes but kind of like a dominoes game kind of dominoes i don't know what it's called it's like dominoes where it's like shoji actually i don't know i don't know what the fuck it is i think it's called shoji but uh he he, like his brother kicks the ball like over near this guy and he's like sorry my like kenzo as a young boy walks over and like sorry my brother kicked it and you know the guy afterwards is like I never asked who kicked the ball, so don't fucking throw people under the bus, is basically what he's trying yeah. to say there. Uh, which like kind of goes into like Kenzo being like, when he killed that guy at the sports book, you know, he's, he, he blamed his brother. He was like, you know, yeah, you killed him. Yeah, you killed that guy. And it actually turns out that uh, Yuto knew the whole time that Kenzo killed that guy. Oh, really? Because he's like, I don't remember much from that night. I do remember how many times I fired. That gun. So, like, Yuto knew the whole time. And, like, that pivotal moment, like, changed Yuto's life forever. Like, 
from that moment on, he had, he became a Yakuza and had to go, like, that. if that one moment never really happened in their relationship, who knows if any of this would have happened. So, like, yeah. if, if Kenzo just told the truth the whole time, it was probably going to be fine. But, hey, uh, otherwise we wouldn't have a show. But, like, Yuto is very tragic because, like, like I said, I find him honorable. I find him, like, a decent person. And he's just been caught up in this windstorm because of his brother's bullshit bullshit and garbage. Like, he doesn't deserve what's happened to him, basically, in my, in my opinion. Like, he, like yeah, he slept with a, a Yakuza bo- a boss's daughter, got her knocked up, and, like, fell in love with her. But he fell in love with her. Like, that's the thing. It's like, he, it wasn't out of, like, duty to, like, ah, Giri, uh, to, uh, to her. It was like, I love this woman. I want to marry her. It's, like... It doesn't matter if she's just having my kid. I love her in the first place. So, like, I, I don't know. I Yuto, to me, is the most complex character, and I wish we were following him because, like, I don't align with Kenzo at all. Like, I don't find him a likable protagonist, which, like, if he was just likable in any way, shape, or form, I, I, I'd probably be more behind the show, but I just, I don't like him. Like, he he kind of takes advantage of situations and then... Uses them for his own gain. I I don't know. He's an opportunist. No. Uh, yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I was like, you just defined it. So yes. yes. <laughs> um. So we 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 come to the finale. Uh, they kill the the like the the yakuza send uh three guys to London to find Yuto. They wind up killing those guys. Uh, Fukuhara gets killed by uh his rival Shin Ido. Right. Endo. Uh in a way to end the war, but then, uh, this other Yakuza group carries him off and like seemingly you're going to take over his Shin Endo's territory. So who knows? Um, Roy is turned out to not be useless because he was sent over by Fukuhara huh. or not by Fukuhara by Abbott. Okay. Abbott sent him over because he owed Abbott about 20,000 pounds. So Abbott's like, Wait, there's this exchange program. So you're going to go and you're going to start this whole... Because Abbott's actually working with Shin Endo. So you're going to start off this whole Fukuhara thing. And you're going to be our informant for from the Japanese police. And then he pit... As, um, as uh, Yuto and uh, Kenzo's family rescue Eiko, uh, who is uh, Yuto's... Not betrothed, but like his baby Lady mama. Lady love. His baby mama. Uh, he, he Roy picks them up and is going to take them in in order to like get them killed, so that way like the war continues. Uh, and they they escape Roy, but like Roy, who was literally an afterthought and like made to be a joke for seven episodes of the series, all of a sudden becomes like a real fucking thing. And I'm and I was like fuck, like I'm cheering. I'm like oh my god, this is I like there are legitimate surprises in this show. Like people get. People get shot and killed. Vickers and Donna. Donna shoots the shit out of Vickers because he's going to bring the Pittsburgh Mafia in. The fucking Pittsburgh I'm, Mafia. I'm, I'm, like, he's he's going to bring in the Pittsburgh Mafia to fuck up everything in London. So she kills him. And then Vickers' wife comes home, picks up the gun that Donna used to kill Vickers, and kills Donna. So, like, like crazy things happen. Like, uh, Ian uh, found, had pictures, uh, Sarah's ex, uh-huh. that she implicated had pictures of uh, Kenzo and Yuto, who Yuto is a, a wanted criminal in Britain for killing this this nephew of Shinido, or Endo. Um, he has pictures of him staying at, her, at Sarah's place. 
Well, like they, she gets the pictures back and like all that stuff and everything's cleared. And Rodney and Taki stage this plan to, you know, get him arrested by like putting crack cocaine on him. Well, during the police stop, Ian backs up into traffic and gets hit by a fucking car and he dies. Like there, there's just a lot of surprise. Like there are a lot of surprising moments that I just wish this was better acted because it would just be so much better if it was better acted. But hey, uh, in the end, uh, Kenzo offers to turn himself in. It's ambiguous as to whether or not he will. I don't know if there's going to be season two, but we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't want there to be season two. Like you kind of talked me out of watching the rest of the season. I think it's. I. Still, I, I think it's I'm still good. Good. Yeah, it's still I'm good. Good. I'm good. But like, there doesn't need to be a season two with this show at all. Like, this is one of those one and done. Period. Like. Yuto finally got to meet up with Eiko, and it looks like they're going to live their lives. Uh, there's an ambiguous leave-off point with Sarah and Kenzo's relationship. Uh, like, Abbott's like, we have unfinished business. So, like, I see what they're, like, there's dangling threads for a season two. Doesn't need to happen. Yeah, no. I, 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 I don't think so. Like, give it a one and done. Like, I, I, be braver. Be be unafraid to just say, look, we feel like this told a complete story or a complete enough story. It's done. So uh, that's Gary Haji. I like it. But like the the acting is, like I said, the biggest problem with the show. Everything else I think is actually pretty great. There you go. Ashley will not finish watching. Dan hated the acting. Obvi. I don't hate the acting. I'm just it's not Dan good. disliked the acting. I disliked the acting, except for Yuto. Yuto, I think, I think, was decent enough. Rodney's fun. Rodney is haunted by the visions of his ex-boyfriend. Uh, there's some interesting things that happen with that. He eventually gets clean. Like we, we don't need to see where these characters go after this. Like they, I think they've reached the point where they are. They are and find a leave off. So. Yeah, uh, the second week in a row where I don't recommend that Netflix renews this. So, uh, with that, we're going to jump. Bound. Leap. Prance. Sure. Into another (laughs) break. And when we come back from that one, we're going to spin out by talking about Spinning Out, the new Netflix drama series about figure skating. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Bubby, it's time to talk about our dick pic for the week. So we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. Uh, I don't know what the fuck the word was, because I never know. 
uh, unless I write in the Google Doc, and we didn't write in the Google Doc. So, uh, good job, Dan. Uh, but our our the thing we watched was one episode of Spinning Out, the new Netflix original figure skating series about figure skating, Who? mental what illness. The, what are the character self-harm? names? Self harm. What are the character names? You've got. Oh wow! How do I not? Um, somebody's named Serena. That's the little sister. Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking it up. We we just watched this before I we know. recorded. Little like literally just watched it. Okay, so we've got Cat is the lead. Carol is her mom, played by old JJ. January Jones. Um, the little sister is Serena, also known as Prue from the Hunger Games series. I volunteer as tribute. That's all. That's all that matters. Those are the only characters that really matter. No, because you have Millicent Gergich in the in the show. Doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but... Literally doesn't matter. Let's talk... Literally... Does not matter. Let's talk about this. So, uh, this is about Kat, a figure skater who, uh, during her sectionals routine, fell uh, doing some kind of jump. Triple jump. Some triple jump and uh, bashed her head off the the ice. And uh, now, like, I guess years later, still recuperating... Yeah, she she's afraid to do jumps again. Yeah. And uh, like so I guess in the first episode we're set up like she had that serious fall and hurt herself and now is afraid to go forward in her routine. So all that she has available to her in a figure skating future is to pass her senior tests so then she can be a coach of other figure skaters and her little sister is now living I guess what was her dream and her mom is putting all of her backing into the little sister and the big sister's written off at this point. Ish. Yeah. Uh, January Jones plays like a, a former figure skater who uh, we find out got pregnant with cat and therefore uh, couldn't be an Olympic figure skater. Uh, or so she says. Uh, yeah. I don't buy that. I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, it's January Jones and something. Uh, I know you hate January Jones. She cannot fucking act her way out of a paper bag. How much of Mad Men did you watch? All of it. All of it. So you know more than I do. I uh, know all of it. And she literally, she acts that wooden and that unemotional through anything I've ever seen her act in. I have seen her in two things. I saw her in Unknown, which was the follow-up to Taken, starring Liam Neeson. And I was like, oh, Liam Neeson's in another action movie. Here we go. Wasn't an action movie. Lies. Wasn't like Taken. Uh, regardless, uh, she was awful in that. And then, of course, first X-Men First Class, she was Emma Frost. Terrible. Terrible. Just, just terrible. Awful. So bad. So, like, I already have a disdain for January she Jones. She is grown-up Kiernan Shipka. I won't go that far. I won't say she's, like, grown-up Kiernan Shipka. Kiernan Shipka. I think she's worse. I, I I I think Kiernan Shipka in Black Coat's Daughter actually had something there, and even Let It Snow a little bit, like had like some redeeming acting ability. January Jones is just like one note as anything. She's garbage. She's terrible. She plays, I guess, a bipolar. Like in the first episode, she it's revealed that she and Cat are both bipolar, and that the mom had gone off her meds, so she's like. And she says cunt at one point. Like, this show just tries to be super edgy. and it, But at the same time, it giving me, like, full-on ABC Family 
TV set show vibes. Um, sure. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if this is like the best depiction of mental illness. Like they're trying to say like mental illness is like a big debilitating factor. And like reading episode synopses from later in the series, like it, it's like this is a debilitating thing thing towards Cat. Like this is a big thing that like holds her back in terms of what she's able to do. I'm not sure that she's not suffering from CTE, which is uh, a brain disorder mainly from repeated concussions. Uh, and considering the scar on her back on the back of her head, she had a fairly fucking massive concussion. Yeah. After uh, falling to the ice. That after way. she bounced her head like a basketball yeah. off the goddamn ice. So like I I'm not sure that her mental issues aren't like linked to that in any way, shape, or form. Well, who knows what her mental condition was before she had her accident? We're obviously not. We only get that point of her life through flashbacks and through the actual competition in the first episode, so we have no idea what her life was before that. We do know that she bites herself. Yeah, she bites herself when she feels like she's failing, which I, like, when the warning came up with, like, self-harm and language, I was like, self-harm? Is someone going to be cutting themselves? And no, she bites herself, which is, like, her boyfriend sees that she bit herself, and it's just like, oh, you're back to biting yourself? And it's like... Yeah, that's a fucking actual thing that you should be worried about. Like, like her biting yourself is not a natural response to anything. No, and she draws blood, dude. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Like we we see bite marks on her arm uh, that are bruised over. That are bruised over that she puts cover up over when she's already wearing a long sleeve shirt. By the way, which yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it didn't make sense there. But um, we're like, who the fuck bit her? And then immediately after that scene, she bites herself. And we're like, that's bizarre. Like she needs help. Like, she's not, like, her mom is too busy paying for Olympic coaches for her sister in order to get her help. Like, they clearly both need some kind of help in some way. Yeah. And, like, figure skating needs to take a fucking backseat to their mental health. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely not going to go back and watch any more of this. It was... It was try hard and also not. I mean, I liked figure skating. They did not shoot the figure skating in the way that figure skating should be shot. It's obviously done for like the girl that plays cat can skate enough, but it's obviously not her doing certain, I guess, abilities and them having to shoot around it or enhance it in some way or CGI it. So it's, it takes a lot away from my enjoyment of watching figure skating. And I don't really... uh, January Jones ugly cries like twice. Cat ugly cries once. It's all not good. I mean, that's the main complaint I have with most sports things is that they don't shoot the action correctly. It's like a lot of it is about like the person. Yeah. As opposed to like the sport. And that's a a big disconnect between somebody who like... Like I love hockey and there has not been a single movie that shoots hockey correctly. Uh, And by correctly, I mean like... I'm talking like what you would see on on like an NBC broadcast. There, it's just like, all right, we got to follow these players. We got to follow them around. It doesn't feel natural, no. and like that, that's a disconnect for me and for people who are fans of like those sports. So like, I'm not gonna say that it's not a valid criticism, but I think it's like a, a taste thing. I get, it. I get, I get why they do what they do, but I don't enjoy it. Sure. So, uh, Bobby, what would you give the first episode of Spinning Out? I laughed a lot, but not because of what they did, but because of how we were making fun of the show. So on that note, I'll give it a two and a half star because it's a great show to make fun of and to watch ironically. But it is not good to watch for content. 
All right, well, in terms of actual content, I'm giving it a two. I think there are some good ideas there. I think I think Kat having a mental illness in terms of like what happened to her makes perfect sense. Like she's gun shy in terms of doing jumps. Uh, she, her mental capacity is probably diminished a bit due to the fact that you know she bounced her fucking skull off the ice. Uh, I don't know if her because there's clearly a choice there of like having her mom also having mental illness in order to like contextualize hers like she seems like more put together there i don't know i i don't i i would we would probably have to watch more of the show to understand why and i'm not going to do that and i'm not going to do that either uh it's a two like like some okay ideas but i don't want to see how they go about because january jones is fucking awful considering that she's going to be a main character in this series makes me not want to watch it i concur you concur. I'm, concur. I'm glad you concur. I concur. All right, so with that, Bubby, it's time to get the fuck out of here. Yay! It's time to go to bed. Where can people find your show? You can find archives of Rabbit Ears. I've got most of the episodes uploaded to netflixandswill.com slash rabbit ears. So you can find all the old episodes there, and I will be having new episodes normally coming out the third Friday of each month. I didn't realize this past Friday was the third Friday, so you guys get all the archive episodes then, and the new episode will be out this Friday, which I believe is the 24th-ish. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's what up with Rabbit Ears. I, I saw... I, I can't remember where I saw it, but it was like... The, you posted somewhere like the third Friday of every month, and I'm like, hi, it's the third Friday of the month, and you're like, wait, is it? No, that was in person. In real life, we were yeah, sitting in the living room. Yeah. No, well, I saw somewhere that it was written. Oh, and that's when you... And I was like, hey, it. you realize it's the third Friday of the month, right? And you're like, fuck. <laughs> Math is not my strong suit. No. Uh, you can find our podcast uh, at exactly the same place. You can find Rabbit Ears, Netflix as well.com. Woo! You got links to Rabbit Ears. You got links to our pages where you can listen to the show, like other podcatchers. You have Patreon. You have other stuff like that. You have reviews. You have blogs. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever consider. The you have blogs. some of those. Yeah, we have some of those. We have most reviews. Yes. Uh, next week on the show, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comes out. Now we hate this show. We hate this show. Uh, we don't want to cover it. There's nothing else really that's come that's come out. Sex this Education year. too. Just do Sex Education. Caleb will two. not do Sex Education. Why? Two. It's literally one season before this. He's isn't he on? like late off time right now yeah the fuck uh, caleb well instead what we are doing is we are doing shut up stop rolling your eyes you dumb bitch i'll kill you instead but, what you're doing instead what we're doing is neon genesis evangelion the series oh you'll be watching that by yourself no you're watching it you i'm to, not yep you have to watch it i'll be watching bravo nope definitely have to watch it hashtag married medicine season three. Oh my god that show's so bad there's so many physical altercations. They're not even funny. Like, with Vanderpump Rules and, like, all those other ones, like, I'll hear, like, a random thing, and I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's a stupid thing that someone said. Well, you laughed out loud on the Vanderpump Rules season preview where, like, the two old guys were, like, the two young guys were dressed in old prosthetic makeup for God knows what reason, and they're just, like, yelling at each other. It's hilarious. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, that's where you laughed really hard. Mm. And the other one was you were laughing at Katie. She was yelling at Kristen. And then the one Tom comes outside and he goes, is that my wife yelling? And the other Tom comes outside with beard and he's like, that's your wife yelling. (laughs) 
It's hilarious. Oh yeah, that no, that was funny. <laughs> that that when they're at the party and that that woman, that girl's yelling and she's like, "That's your wife yelling." And the guy just fucking walks out. That's that was legitimately funny. Uh, and co- being a companion piece to Neon Genesis Evangelion, the series strictly, we're doing the movies at some later point. Basically, what we said was ne- Neon Genesis was gonna be like a. Uh, hey, we have nothing else, and we don't want to review anything else. Let's just talk about Neon Genesis since it's a Netflix like sole distribution thing. Okay. So everyone's bitching about that. Uh, fuck you. But uh, we are also hitting the review of a patron requested review of the Squid and the Whale from Nick. I'm scared. It's a Noah Baumbach movie. Okay, I'm fine with that then. Yeah. You want us to keep going on that? Actually, on I don't that really like Noah Baumbach. I'm not gonna lie. Noah Baumbach. I don't like him. Is he Marriage Story? Noah Bombark? Yeah. Who's that? Noah Bombach. Who whatever? Isn't he Marriage Story? He is Marriage Story. Well, go get fucked. I don't want to watch it. You what we watched while we while you're young. You kinda like that. That was fine. You kinda like that. You were intrigued by that. It was fine. Yeah. Alright, fine. I'll try it. Speaking of which, you. I'm talking to you, and then Paul, and then Bill, and then Brianna Petty. And then I think. Oh, you need to get Chris our Yaney? patron review stuff. Sorry. No, Chris. No, you Yaney, just, we just, we did Chris just watched that. We just watched Blue is the Warmest Color. Goddamn, Chris. Movie has a lot of good ideas, but dear God, it's overstayed. It's welcome. Uh, also, Julio. We also need from Julio. Get us some Patreon request reviews over on the, the thread on Patreon. Can we request you to watch one episode of one TV series instead of a movie? I mean, spitting out. Uh, no. Second movies. What were you going to suggest? I don't know, but I just wanted to expand my options. I think we tried to... Oh, Chris wanted us to watch... Oh, Chris wanted, wanted us to watch all of It's Bruno. That's crazy. Well, It's Bruno is also two hours. I Chris watched Yaney, it. this affects me too. Cut it the fuck out. <laughs> you're, you're spared. I watched all of It's Bruno while you were at work on a Saturday. And I checked out of... Blue is the warmest color after like an hour. After the second lesbian sex scene. No, I cut out before then because I was, I think, folding laundry at that the point. The second. And then I don't understand some of the activities they were doing. What, you mean scissoring? They, they scissored in that movie, everybody. They scissored hard. hard. I, don't, I don't get it. That would leave bruises. We're pretty sure that doesn't actually do anything, but okay. Well, my... You already marked explicit, right? My idea was maybe they had a double-sided dildo, but that was also her... Was that her first lesbian experience during that one that was like six and a half minutes long? Mm -hmm. That's some advanced-level lesbian bullshit. Like, I'm not going to continue my thoughts. I'm going (laughs) to leave it here because I have questions. next-level lesbian bullshit. I have questions about... Never mind. Anyways. Well, on that note, (laughs) thank you for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. 
As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.